Hey, think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction, whatever your sport. Sports Interaction has you covered pregame. Live betting on all major sports and, of course, prop bets. Who doesn't love those? Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. It's Nail on the Apex with Tim Haraney, Jesse, uh, and Adam Wild just hanging out because we love racing. Um, and we've been excited to, to launch this show. And I think what we're going to do here is do a little bit of like a drive to survive reaction each episode. Because one thing that, that Jesse and I always found ourselves doing when we sit down with Tim, it's like, hey, you know, Tim, we'd really like you to join the network. But actually, can you tell us about this one scene in Drive to Survive? And, and, <laughs> or can you tell us about, you know, these drivers got into a fight. And can you explain how that works? So we wanted you and your knowledge to get into this. Because I think when you're a driver like you are, you look at it a lot differently than we would. And so as fans, Jesse and I have are want to pepper you with questions. So the episode, the first episode starts with, you know, Ferrari, um, you know, the 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 fact that, you know, we're c- coming off the dregs of the Hamilton Verstappen Michael Massey championship, which we will not get into. Uh, but then, you know, it's Gunther and Matea um, out having wine in wine country in Italy. Um, and I, I, my question at first is like these team principles seem to be sometimes at each other's throats sometimes yeah. best friends yeah mm-hmm. it seems like there's like 10 guys in the world that can relate to that yeah so so who's friends on the grid and who's rival um i would say okay from the one i've observed the most i would say it's gunther and uh frederick Vasseur. Mm. those two have a hilarious relationship where they bust each other up like all the time right wow. we were in uh we were at the U.S. Grand Prix uh, at Circuit of the Americas this past year, and I was sat in on a press conference with Gunther. I think it was Mario Isola, who was the guy from Pirelli Tires, and Frederick Vasseur, who at the time was working for Alfa Romeo. And at the end of it, when they cut the camera and cut the feed or whatever, they they stood up and they all put on these Gunther Steiner t-shirts that had like you know blank whatever i'm not a big swearer but like blank whatever yeah. <laughs> they put these on they took a picture of them together say fucking wankers and, is and that what like, it said yeah, yeah. they're like giving each other like a hard time while they're up on the stage like killing each other like laughing and we're all like i'm just sitting there like eating it up I'm like this is great i'm like we need to see more of this on television you know oh, it's yeah. awesome um that that's one of the ones that i do notice uh, the most. Um, Matia and Genther seem like good buddies. Yeah. In, in this scene. Yeah, they actually they are as well. Um, it I Gunther doesn't seem like a hard guy to get along with though. It's interesting. Yeah, exactly. It, it's interesting to uh, like like Christian and Toto. That no. doesn't. That doesn't. They're rivals. rivals. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> whatever. Oil it, and water. it seems like a grudging respect between the two of them. It doesn't seem like hate. I don't or know. Or am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> I think I, I, like, I, I think episode two we yeah. see a little uh, bit yeah, of the hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. Right, right. uh, I wouldn't say like hate, but they're they're competitors, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're competing against each other, and you don't always have to like your competitor. So no, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, it, it's Christian does his job. He does it well. Toto does his job in the way he does it, and he does it really well. And there's. You know, to do a team principal job, it's kind of there's there's many different ways of of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, some people don't like Christian Horner at all, but you have to respect the fact that like this guy's going to do whatever it takes to make sure his team is is winning. Like in some of these episodes, you can actually see that he's like, "Hey, if we're going to make a decision on who's number one and who's number two, I'm going to do it." 
and that's all there is to it. And yeah, then you yeah. go to like Ferrari, and it's like, yeah, I don't know who's number one and number two, but there's are there are points the, where the you have Ferrari to decide. Of, Ferrari of last year, it seemed like Mattia's philosophy was um, <clears throat> nobody takes nobody's nobody's to blame. We're all to blame. And and unfortunately, what happened with that is it seemed that nobody took responsibility after a while, mm-hmm. and that's where they sort of ran into problems. Is like you know. They're denying very obvious problems that they had with their strategy. You're, you're jumping ahead. I know. I, there's I, a whole episode. We'll do I know. So <laughs> in the opening scene, I thought it was I thought it was very very cool that Mattia calls Gunther the main character of the show, the <laughs> yeah. protagonist of Drive to yeah, Survive. Yeah. Because right. if we look at it as there's a lot of people who don't watch F1 who just watch Drive to Survive, yeah. and you see the overarching story. Gunther's kind of the protagonist Always. that goes through it, and I thought that was so cute that. The the principals themselves recognize this <laughs> and that this guy's an actual TV star yeah. in this reality show that we all watch. 100%. And like, I think they do a great job of of showing that. And you make a great point of like how they sort of pepper it in like here and yeah. there as you go through. He's kind of in everything. Yeah, yeah you know? It's a little heavy. Let's throw some Gunther in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a yeah. little too dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Need a little Gunther. Look, we've had too much Christian. And then we're going to... Gunther's going to swear. Yeah. It's be fine. Yeah. What's fascinating though is we did hear... We, you saw for the first time, I think, every tra- team principal on this, this, this season. And I, it, if we're talking about team principals right now, obviously we can get to some other ones, but you know, Fred's not on a lot. Franz toast is not on a lot. Um, uh, you know, there are some guys that seem to relish it. Some guys that do not. Um, is there a reason why, uh, somebody like Zach Brown is the face of McLaren and not in this season, Andreas Seidel? It took a long, like for one of the things with the Zach is like, it took a lot for McLaren just to get him. Like Formula One wanted Zach to like run their show. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, and so like for for McLaren to get Zach, that was a big deal. I mean, I always kind of think of Zach as like a mad scientist, like in a cartoon, like got like beakers <laughs> everywhere, right? And his hair is you know standing on end. But because he's always got these great like PR ideas, like hey, we're gonna take Fernando Alonso. He's not gonna compete in in Monaco. We're gonna send him into the Indy Five Hundred. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. That's like a great like PR stunt, right? Yeah. It's incredible and that turned out really well for them. But having um an individual like Zach, you know, running your team, it's a big get for McLaren, in all honesty. I mean, if you take a look at where they were before he even got there, they were nowhere. And he mm. kind of showed up and it took some time, but they had no sponsors. Like, that car was just orange and blue. That's the huge part of it, right? Like Zach used to sell sponsorship so he could go and drive race cars. So like he knows that side of the business really well, which is uh it's hard to do. It's hard to sell sponsorship within like within racing, right? You need to understand and we're going to get really businessy here. Sorry everyone. You know, you need to understand like B2B, B2C. Mm-hmm. What does a company want out of a relationship with a Formula 1 team and how can your Formula 1 team help the company achieve their objectives? You need to understand what that is, and then you got to try and work towards mm-hmm. that. Like, I mean, there's also that on the business side of things. I like that. Now, yeah. this, Zach's really good at it. And it's really clearly, good clearly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they got they've they're they're unbelievable with that. Now, um, a scene that I think would have stung Jesse very hard in that first in that opening episode uh-huh. is is <laughs> essentially Mercedes looked like shit before the season started, and oh, people were telling yeah. them that. 
So I want to know what your reaction is watching that and you're going, uh, yeah, first, I know. It, it's cool when all, the, we talked about the principles, it's cool when all the drivers get together as well. Yes. This is this is the day, it's picture day, they're all on the track, sure. all the cars are there, and you see every driver there just walking around talking about all the cars, and they're so blatant about how <laughs> weird the Mercedes car, the car looks. Because they didn't understand the rules of how to build the car this year, apparently, or last year, and they showed up with this weird looking car that looked like no other car in the grill and george has to sit there and try and like cover for the engineers and be like i didn't make it you know but i don't know what <laughs> hey, they I'm did new here and i just worked really hard to get here yeah so yeah it's his first season i forgot for, like last year's first year. for um for mercedes i mean at that time they they what they saw on their in their wind tunnel and cfd they saw incredible numbers with you know this zero pod in the car mm-hmm. that they brought to the track they didn't they they didn't prepare enough for the porpoising phenomenon that was the later and every team was really affected, affected by it but it, it was but other teams figured it out and they were able to kind of get by with mercedes by changing their ride height just a little bit that really hurt performance even more so it was kind of like okay we either suffer through the bouncing or we limit the bouncing but we're also really going to limit performance and so that was sort of a bit of that trade-off at the start of the season. I mean, they, they just got punched in the face. Like oh, yeah. they didn't see that. They didn't see this coming at all. Like it was, it was, it was tough for them. And for them to go from where they were in Bahrain to where they ended up being in like Brazil. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. a monumental effort yeah. to claw back that much performance and get the car somewhat sorted out. Um, but yeah, I like the part where I think, I think it was Vettel who was like, your car looks like someone took uh, like, play-doh and dropped it over top of it or something like that. there's something along those lines i'm paraphrasing obviously yeah. but I, I laughed so hard at that point because yeah. you look at it and the body works all kind of like warped and it's got like no side pods and the floor mm-hmm. is all like warped and you're like yeah yeah okay that's, that's actually interesting yeah it's, it was fascinating for me just to hear them say that out loud <laughs> yeah, on great, microphone great, right? on camera you know? yeah like, it was it was great that it, they're so taken aback by this weird mercedes that they had to blurt it out there. And that's what's so great about uh, Drive to Survive. And it's basically like, you're in Formula One, cameras are rolling all the time. Like, I go walking into the paddock, there's cameras rolling everywhere. They're capturing sound and filming stuff. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you're in the paddock. This is kind of like what you signed up for, and this is what's going to happen. If you... It was interesting, because I I don't want to compare things, and I know we're getting a little off track, but... Did you guys watch uh, Breakpoint? Uh, the uh, tennis one? The tennis one? I haven't only, seen it yet. Only the first okay. episode. Is it good? It, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. The first episode, yeah. There are points in Breakpoint where, and I, I like tennis, um, where it's kind of like, okay, this is sort of staged. Hmm. Like there, there's some sit downs where it's a little bit like they put this together and got them to just start talking. Uh, that's how I feel with some of the scenes. But then there are other scenes where You've got Nadal warming up and you can just see that and it's just complete silence, but you just have the video and you're looking at the two of them and you just, you can put the story together yourself because it's just that, just that little bit of access that they gave them. I would like it if they just blew that open even more and just increase that access because essentially Drive to Survive, what makes it so successful and, you know, we've talked about other seasons. There's some I don't like. I really like this one because you really get behind the yeah. access. I was like, surprised, actually, you know, given 
because <clears throat> usually what happens with these things is that too much success ruins a good thing, right? Yep. The they teams, start clawing back. 100%. The teams are like, well, you know, like the, when the Leafs did their Amazon documentary, they say only 30% of what was going to go in made it. Oh. 30%. What's been amazing about this is every team eventually, after the first season, yeah. you know, when it was really about three teams, yeah. got on board and yeah. understood the marketing opportunity, yeah. right? How, like, uh, who was Gunther Steiner before Drive to Survive? Yeah. He was the, I mean, he was still pretty big, but he wasn't big yeah. like he's big now. He's a celebrity now. Um, I wonder, uh, I, I wonder if, like, you know, without that sort of access, if Mercedes tries to do damage control in any mm -hmm. other thing, like, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs would have been like, oh, don't, don't show that. Like, don't, we don't want our brand. Mercedes right. had to take that. Yeah. On the chin, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. like doors are open, and that's that's the thing. There, are, there and they're are, a worldwide brand. I think when you watch, for for me, this is the way I kind of saw season three, season four. That to me sort of felt like a marketing sort of yeah. campaigny. But when with this season five, like you're actually getting like behind, like uh, like we were talking before we went to air, like Otmar and Zach, like getting to, and we'll get to this, getting together in a room and the microphones are on. It's yeah. kind of like, that's like actually like a very private conversation mm -hmm. that they cut the, some of the audio out because mm -hmm. they probably were talking about litigation. Yeah. yeah. They were probably like, Hey, you need to take this out because of X, Y, Z. And it's like, okay, well we'll remove this, but we're keeping this. And it's like, Oh yeah. To get that type of access is, I don't know a lot of sports that would do it. With season five, they've kind of gone back to what it should be, and yeah. that's a behind-the-scenes yeah. look at a sport yeah. that is in it of self, reality television. Yeah, yes. Because no other sport has this this thing where these drivers who are make tens of millions of dollars every year are international celebrities, are all competing against each other, and there's only these limited amount of teams, and they're all competing in their spots, and they're all, all the team principals are fighting behind each other's backs, and it's real life reality TV and the cameras just being there just needs to capture it. Yeah. And if it can capture it and show it, the story writes itself. Exactly. And that's what season five really shows yeah. is that we see the actual real life F1, which is absolutely fantastic. And that's why everybody got behind it in season one and season two. And that's why it caught on. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and with, with that first race, I forgot Red Bull didn't didn't win. No, oh, yeah, really? with, with how successful that entire year was, where every single race Max or Checo won. I forgot that Ferrari won that first race. Yeah, because they told <laughs> they told the whole story of how that sort of race unraveled, where it was yeah. first like Gasly had um, the fuel line engine issue, and then it it sort of trickled into the next uh, Red Bull owned mm -hmm. car. You know, it was I believe it was like either Max or Sergio. No, it was Max. Max next, and then it was Sergio, and you kind of just and saw all of them died. Yeah, yeah, but it was like <laughs> you, I, you don't really need to show that if you're if you're just showing it to random fans. You're mm -hmm. actually showing how the actual story. Uh, unfolded, which was a huge sticking point for the drivers. They were like, you guys aren't telling, like in the season three, season four, they were, and that's why Max didn't, that, that's why Max he's didn't back. do it. He, yeah. He's in this time, <laughs> yeah. because they agreed, like, hey, we'll, we'll, we're gonna like do this up proper and tell yep. the, like, the full story. Tell the story it's, great. It was, it's great, it's great. Now, lastly, is at the end of the episode, you, you kind of got the, you got so, the half story of uh, Nikita Mazepin, his father, Dmitry yeah. Mazepin, and then your Al-Kali sponsorship being peeled back with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. And really, I think what they did a great job of is not making it about that, because those two were a pretty 
it seemed like a pretty negative part of the previous season of Drive to Survive. We want a new car made. We want this. We want that. And you felt you felt bad for Gunther. You felt bad for Gene Haas. You felt bad for the engineers on the team. And then all of a sudden, Haas goes, you know what? We're going to lose a, a pile of money. And we're going to bring Kevin Magnuson back. And he yep. has a fantastic first race. And they finish uh, that that race in, I think the team finishes with third place in points, which is amazing. Yeah, this was the Kevin Magnuson episode. Yeah, yeah like this was, this was his hero arc. What a comeback. Coming great. back and his child yeah. might be the cutest child on earth. Yes. <laughs> his, his, yes. Little, his little girl <laughs> in that car at the end after he gets the points. It was his hero arc that first episode. And it was beautiful to see. Remember, How hard is it to come back after a year like that? Oh, it's really hard. I mean, for, for Kevin, because he was doing uh, endurance racing. Uh, he had dabbled in, in IndyCar uh, a little bit. And to just basically... Guess what, what's the word I'm looking for? Ba basically, you're coming to the conclusion that I'm not an F1 driver anymore. And that's the pinnacle. That's, that's the highest hard. I'm going to get to. Now I have to just deal with that. And he makes mention of like, and I'm paraphrasing obviously with all this, but he makes mention essentially of getting this, that second chance of coming back to Formula One. And he sees it more of an opportunity where in the past, you know, he probably wasn't the nicest sort of guy around the paddock which a little I, bit fiery which i don't which i i i agree with what he's saying <laughs> because this time around he he was just a different different guy like i remember sitting down doing an interview with him in in miami and you know just essentially talking to him about like hey you know like what's changed because you seem a, you know much different and he's like you know i've just got this great opportunity and I, I have to take full advantage of it and i have to be grateful for the opportunity and basically enjoy every single day i get to be a formula one driver and i was like good for you he's at like, peace yeah, yeah good for you and he's incredible talent i mean super yeah. absolutely absolutely so it's it's uh the episode ends really well with that magnuson arc and you know yeah. you can't be you can't be not thrilled for kevin magnuson uh seeing that and you can't not be, I, I think that's the most genuinely happy you see Gunther Steiner in five seasons. Like, because there's, there's always like a little bit of, there's tragedy, there's comedy and tragedy. And the Haas team, which I think peaked at five, they went all the way to fifth place, falls from season one to season four, right? They're dead last. Yeah, that was, that has to be difficult for, for a team like that. I mean, obviously, you know, part of their car gets, built by Delara, they do get Ferrari technology. Are they getting the most current Ferrari technology? No, I mean, they're not. But now they've been able to start to create and build a lot of their own parts for the race car. And you've seen this huge push from, like I had said, from 2021 into 2022. And I think that was really important for them to just make sure they got off to a great start. I mean, I didn't think they were expecting it to be that good. Though. No. And it was great. Yeah. It's a great start. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So that that sort of sums up episode one. And 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 I think it was a good sort of setup for the rest of the season. Yeah. You kind of felt like, okay, we're in for a good one. Yeah. 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 So episode two, next episode, whenever we're posting it, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs>